It's great to be back and search the scriptures today. It's always wonderful to be able to open up God's word and share those rich teachings with all of our listeners each day. And we're so thankful that you have tuned in. We are really encouraged to know that so many listen to this program on a regular basis. We know that many of you listen just about every day, and some of you, you don't have that opportunity, but you listen on a regular basis, very frequently, and we appreciate every one of you, and including our new listeners. If you're listening for the first time, we want to welcome you to the program, Search the Scriptures, and we want to encourage you to think about the, the teachings from God's Word that you will hear on this program today. I hope that you'll be impressed with the fact that we go right to God's Word and that we dig deep beneath the surface, we look at it in detail, and yet we try to explain those rich teachings in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily personal life. We hope that it will help you come closer to God, and we do care about you and we pray for you. It's good to be here today with Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be with you and with our listening audience. I am so encouraged that we share a mutual interest in Bible study, and we all here at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ are glad that you have joined us again today. If you are a returning listener, and if you are a listener for the first time, I add my welcome and hope that you will listen again and again. It's great to be here also with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Dwayne and Gary. I'm certainly blessed to be with you both on the program today, as always. And really, what an exciting time it is when we get together here on Search the Scriptures and take the time to explore those things that God has recorded for our instruction. And sometimes we miss the fact that that's exactly why we have the Bible. God has written all this down so that we might learn, that we might be instructed. In some cases, we might be encouraged, we might be emboldened, and at other times, that we might be convicted of our sins, giving us the opportunity to make adjustments in our lives and get back into or initially into a right relationship with God. It's important that we have the correction as well as the encouragement, isn't it? It certainly is. Yes. You know, teaching is not just all feel-good stuff. Now, when you put it all together, we should feel good about that tremendous message mm -hmm. of the gospel that God has had recorded for us in his word. Right. But in part of that message is you're sinners. Yes. Right. And you've got to turn away from that. Mm -hmm. And he gives us only one way to do that mm -hmm. in order that we can be forgiven and find that hope of eternal salvation with him. The Bible is the most positive book on earth for those that love God, because the one who loves God will obey him. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now, we're talking about that basic, you know, idea and understanding in this particular series of studies that we're going through right now. We're talking about conquering temptation and doing it God's way. That's right. And ultimately, there's no way that we can conquer temptation except God's way. That's right. Exactly. A lot of people try to, they try to manufacture or form their religion from their own perspective and to suit themselves, but that never works. Really doesn't. No, we're, uh, in fact, we're told in Jeremiah that a man's way is not in himself, right. nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. We really need 
to adhere to God's instruction. That's right. And a lot of times we'll think that we're doing a pretty good job and we'll feel pretty good about it, but it, all the time we're actually going in the wrong direction. That's yes, right. very possible. And that's, you know, that other passage that talks about there is a way that seems right to a man, mm -hmm. but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's correct. And as God is the creator of all of us, he has given us the instruction that we need to continue to be created, a new creation, in fact, made in the image, spiritual image of his son. And that's what the Bible instructs us to do throughout. Yes. Now, we've got an enemy out there, and that enemy is, is a devil. Mm. Very real and very active. Yes. And he's the greatest enemy of all mankind. Absolutely. Now, when you said, Dennis, he's very real and very active, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not a, just a story. No, it isn't. The devil is a real force out mm -hmm. there. When you think about all the warnings we have in God's word, Gary, in regard to evil and the evil one or the devil, to ignore it would just be folly on our part. It really would. Now, sin is what the devil tries to lead us into mm -hmm. in order to lead us away from God. Yes. He is described by Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5 as that roaring lion mm -hmm. who walks about seeking our destruction. That's right. Seeking one whom he may devour. Mm -hmm. But he, that's us. He's, he's out for and he wants our eternal spiritual destruction mm -hmm. and the way he can bring that about is to lure us through temptation right. into sin and so we're talking about the need to overcome that temptation and that God has given us good instructions and guidance and uh, even examples of mm -hmm. how we can do that effectively he really has and you know uh, one of the things that we really should be mindful of, especially as Christian people, those who are striving to live a life that is pleasing before God, is the fact that as far as the devil is concerned, the godly soul is his prime target. I mean, he doesn't have to work on those who are already his. He's working on those who are godly individuals. So we need to be aware of that. Absolutely. That's the key. We need to be aware mm -hmm. that he is our relentless adversary mm -hmm. and he is trying to destroy our relationship with God if there is one. Mm -hmm. But he is certainly trying to keep us from following God, knowing yes. the truth. And we have examples, as Gary has mentioned, of that that we'll look at today. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, Dwayne and Dennis, that a lot of people become somewhat frustrated, maybe discouraged when they become Christians because all of a sudden they find out the devil really starts working on them. <laughs> and they might feel like, well, why is this so hard? Yes. Why is this so difficult? It's not that it's so difficult to live a Christian, a good faithful Christian life. It's just that you're not used to it and the devil didn't have to work on you mm -hmm. much before because he had you. That's right. Well, now you've turned away from him and turned to God. The devil's going to get active, try to get you back. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's also good to remember in that regard, Gary, that when it comes to walking a pathway in this life, we only have two choices. And as you said, if we have not as yet committed our lives to God and come to him through obedient faith, we're walking with the devil. Absolutely right. 
Absolutely. Now, we were looking at a, one of the classic examples of overcoming temptation that we find in the scriptures in our first couple of programs, and that would be Joseph. Mm, great example. Joseph was, to say he was sold out by his brothers, <laughs> would be putting it mildly, wouldn't yeah. it? Bit of an understatement, yes. Bit of an understatement, yes. He literally was sold into slavery by his brothers who hated, hated him. him. The scripture says. Yes. Hard to imagine a hatred that intense. Yes. But in fact, that's what they had. That's exactly what they had. Mm -hmm. And now, but we noted as we looked through the account of Joseph in, in just brief segments in Genesis, we noted that Joseph walked with God mm -hmm. and God therefore was with Joseph. That's right. That's right. And even as that slave in Potiphar's house, God blessed Joseph. Mm -hmm and his works, mm -hmm. and Potiphar actually elevated him to a place, a position uh, over his household mm -hmm. that really Joseph knew his business better than Potiphar did. That's right. Yes, that's correct. Now then, when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph and he refused, he, 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 had, he had determined that he would stay faithful to God and righteous, and she lied about it. Mm -hmm. to Potiphar, and Potiphar had him thrown into prison, he again, in essence, was back in that pit, wasn't he? Right. Yes, he was. The pit that his brothers threw him in. Well, now he was kind of back in square one, but God still was with him mm -hmm. because he walked with God. That's right. He remained faithful despite the tragic circumstances he found himself in. And, and you, you mentioned that, that, that statement right there, Dwayne, despite the tragic circumstances that he found himself in. Yes. A lot of people find themselves today and throughout the generations in tragic circumstances, at least from their perspective. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yet God, if we'll trust him and simply walk with him faithfully, God will make the way through that. That's he right. He certainly will. And he made the way for, jo uh, for Joseph. Mm -hmm. First in Potiphar's household, then when he was lied about and thrown into jail, Again, he blessed him, and ultimately the opportunity came for him to, to interpret by God's direction the dreams of Pharaoh, and he was elevated once again to a position of high authority within the land of Egypt. And all this occurring so that ultimately Joseph might play his part in the accomplishment of the will of God. Yes, mm -hmm. God used his situation to bring about ultimately the salvation from famine, starvation of, of Jacob's family, right. and thereby the bloodline through which Christ would come into the world. That's right. Yes. And you and, know, if, uh, if we back up just a moment, Gary, speaking about especially the responsibility that we see being placed upon Joseph from one level to another, and then ultimately to a position of being only second to Pharaoh in power in the land of Egypt. When we think about that, and I think you're exactly right, when Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph and his own house and all of his goods were being blessed as a result of Joseph being there, he promoted him. Yes. You know, there were probably dozens of slaves in Potiphar's house and what a promotion this would have been for Joseph, you know, from one of the common slaves in that household 
to the one in charge of everything Potiphar owned. That's right. A tremendous promotion. But the thing I really think we should be impressed with is the idea that when greater responsibility comes, that means there are greater levels of trust placed in that individual, in this case, Joseph. And that can also lead to greater times of unguarded vulnerability yes. and temptation. Yes. And you know, there's a phrase in Genesis 39, verse 6, the last phrase in that verse that's easy to overlook. We're told there, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Right. And we might think, well, what's that got to do with anything? <laughs> you know, that doesn't really make sense in light of all the things that we've had recorded thus far. But as we move ahead in the account, we'll find that this became very important because of the presence of Potiphar's wife in the household. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so that was not an insignificant detail <laughs> that God had Moses insert in the account there. Not at all. And we also noted Noah and uh, mm -hmm. how he was faced with a situation that I would say nobody since him has ever had to face. And that is he and his household were the last of the righteous people in the whole world. Mm -hmm. That's right. And during that 120 years or so when he and his sons were building the ark, preparing that for ultimately their being saved from the flood that God was going to bring upon the earth, he must have been chastised, humiliated, ridiculed, made fun of, and who knows what else, right. over and over and over again. And yet he walked with God, the text says. Mm-hmm. And God, as a result, was with him. Exactly. And you know, I think you're right, Gary, the things Noah faced, we probably can't even imagine. There's a very telling passage in Genesis 6, verse 5, that may give us some insight. We're told, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Uh, that just says volumes in regard to the mindset of mankind at that point in time. That's right. And yeah. Noah had to deal with that during all the time that he was bu busy building that ark. And think about that's really a triple enforcement yes. of, of the point that's made there. Yes. All the intents and thoughts of their heart mm -hmm. were only evil mm -hmm. continually. That's right. Amazing to think about. Now, but, you talk about em emphasis, re-emphasis, and then more re-emphasis mm -hmm. on how horribly evil the mm -hmm. situation was in the days of Noah. It makes you think about the determination that Noah had, how he was intent on serving God, because the Bible teaches that God, that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And exactly. uh, among all those people, he distinguished himself because of his righteous life. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Now let's go back to Joseph and let's zoom in on that situation that he faced in specific in the household of Potiphar. In Genesis chapter 39 in verse 7, we read about Potiphar's wife 
trying to seduce Joseph. Mm -hmm. How does that read, Dennis? And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. Now, she was trying to seduce him to have sexual relations with him. Right. That's what that means. Yes. Now, Dwayne, what about verses 8 and 9? What was Joseph's continual response? But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now imagine, you know, we talk about being between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. Imagine the perplexity of that situation for mm -hmm. Joseph. Here's my master's wife. Mm -hmm. In essence, she was his mistress, you know, from the standpoint that, you know, the feminine of master. She was over him. Mm -hmm. Right. And she was trying to seduce him. Mm -hmm. He was a slave. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, he's thinking, but my master, I can't do this because of him. Yeah. You know, and, and as you go back to this initial, what I would think of as an onslaught against Joseph, I believe we'd say that Potiphar's wife was taking the direct approach. <laughs> yes. uh, I, I don't think we can get around that. It just comes right out lie with me. Yes. And you're right, Gary. We see two areas where Joseph really expresses his loyalty, and the first was to his master. Right. Because he knew that Potiphar trusted him, and he trusted him with everything that was in the house to the point he didn't even concern himself with it. Ultimately, and Joseph was loyal to that. Yes. And ultimately, though, at the end of verse 9, Joseph identified this sin, if he would have followed through with it, as being against God, right. as all sin is. That's right. And that's the most important point to gain from that passage, I believe. Exactly right. He expressed loyalty to his master, but more importantly, he expressed loyalty to God. Now, this continued day after day, didn't it? Yes, yes. it did. Let's look at verse 10 there. How does that read, Dennis? So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Sometimes we think that we're just bombarded with temptation. But here was a young man who literally was. Day by day, she was after him. And he was a young man. Mm -hmm. She probably, I mean, I suspect she was probably a, a reasonably attractive woman. You would think so. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she certainly had probably all the financial means to take care of herself and make herself look attractive. She certainly had a position of power mm -hmm. over Joseph. Mm -hmm. and, and yet he continually refused to mm -hmm. give in to the temptation. And boy, that is, I think, such a key, Gary, as we think about conquering temptation God's way, that first phrase we read there in verse 8 of Genesis 39 tells us, but he refused. Yes. Boy, that's, as Christian people, what we really need to zoom in on. 
when this kind of thing confronts us, we need to refuse. Absolutely, staunchly, undeniably refuse. And though the opportunity was there daily, he refused and he, he held his ground. He basically uh, served God. Mm-hmm. We, we sometimes we might think rather trite the statement, just say no. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that's the best defense against temptation. Yes. Just say no. That's Just what say Joseph no and did. walk away. Yeah. You know, our Lord was confronted with temptation too, wasn't he? He that's sure right. was. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 13, it, it's interesting uh, how that particular passage is worded right at the end of the period of time that Jesus was in the wilderness and at the end of that time the devil presented himself to him and tempted him over and over again. And how is that read there, Dwayne? Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. When he had ended every temptation. Right. When he when he came to Jesus, probably at his physically and and maybe, you know, we might say mentally or emotionally weakest time because he had been fasting for 40 days. Mm-hmm. The devil now bombards him. Mm-hmm. Well, the devil's smart, isn't he? Yes. yes. He knows how to hit us in our moments of weakness. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus continually refused the temptations. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting the tactic he used. He kept responding to the devil with, it is written. Mm-hmm. Turning to God's word and Mm -hmm. for the strength and the encouragement and the direction that is offered to all of us Mm -hmm. through what God has has communicated to us in Mm -hmm. his written word. And you know, I think another thing we need to gain from that particular verse is the devil left him until an opportune time, which tells me the temptations didn't quit. Right. And we know they didn't with Joseph. You know, as we read back in Genesis 39, this went on day after day after day. So even when the time comes when we seemingly conquer or defeat temptation, we need to understand that's not the end of it. The devil's coming back. It's not over, and we must make up our mind to respond to the devil the same way we've done so many times in the past, for we grow stronger each time we do. Yes, and we read earlier from Hebrews Uh, chapter 2 and chapter 4, that Jesus was tempted Mm -hmm. in all manner, Mm -hmm. like as we are. That's right. And so you're right, the temptations kept coming back, Mm -hmm. undoubtedly so. Yeah, our time is up, so we've got to stop here. We want to come back and and pick up again with Joseph there in Potiphar's house. We'll come back to Genesis chapter 39 and continue to look at that particular text and try to understand how we can use that example in our lives to overcome temptation. We do hope that you will contact us today and ask for that free Bible course. We'll send it to you, we pay the postage, and you can learn how you can overcome the devil and his temptations by turning to God through Jesus Christ. We hope to hear from you today.